So I learned this week about the Comedy Wildlife Photography Awards, the very first annual. And so what I wanna do as we kick our time off together is I wanna show you the top nine photography award winners with some unauthorized comments by me. Are you ready to have fun and be astonished this morning? Here we go, here's the first one. Here's my comment. Run, run, the politicians are coming. Here's the second one. Not again, I hate when this happens. Here's the third. This is hello from the other side because even lemurs are singing Adele. This feels fantastic. Here we go. Must we make everything a media event? Must we? Here's the origins of the belly laugh. These damn birds, these damn birds are driving me crazy. Can you see it? Oh, oh yeah. Just hold me tight. We'll make it through this. And then the last one. Life is unsufferable. Sigh. So we've been journeying in this series that we've called Directions. And Mary Oliver in this beautiful poem says, instructions for living a life. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. So we're, this week we come to our second week where we talk about what it means to be astonished. And isn't it astonishing to live in the midst of a solar system around a huge sun with these planets everywhere that we're literally on a floating rock. And isn't it astonishing inside that floating rock there are people, there are lakes and oceans and rivers and a whole ecosystem of animals. Isn't it astonishing that inside our human body, we have these beating hearts, these lungs that expand for our breath, these incredible minds that allow us to think and to feel. Isn't the very fact that we are here present in this moment astonishing that every one of us has been given the gift of life in this moment? Astonishment upon astonishment. So this word, to astonish, it means to fill with a sudden spark of wonder or amazement. And it comes from the Latin word tonar, which means thunder. So to be astonished is a moment of thunder, that realization, that spark within your soul that, wow, something's here. And that something is wonderful. Be astonished to pause, to pay attention first, and then to all of a sudden come to this incredible realization that in this moment, that thing is astonishing. Thunder, a spark all of a sudden. So what's the opposite to this astonishment that we, that we often feel? And I think that it's indifference. It's having no interest, no concern, occupying the place of mediocrity, to kind of being lulled into a non-motion. So if astonishment is thunder, that spark, then, then indifference is that summer heat that just saps you of all energy, that sort of leaves you feeling lifeless. So astonishment and this call for Mary Oliver to be astonished makes me think about the incredible story in Exodus of Moses. And in this beautiful story, Moses as a child, he is birthed by a Jewish mom, but because of everything that's going on, he has to be given up and he's raised in the house of Pharaoh. 
And in the house of Pharaoh, he's trained in the ways of the Egyptians. So he was knowledgeable and wise and strong. But there was always this tension inside of him as a man. This tension of his Jewish background and ancestry and his life as, as an Egyptian. And as the story goes, one day he sees the Egyptian taskmasters whipping hard on, on an Israelite, a Jewish slave, and he reacts. He gets angry and he kills the Egyptian man. And of course, this is murder, so he flees his Egyptian background, he flees his Jewish background, and he comes to the land of Midian. And in the land of Midian, he finds a wife and finds a family to be a part of. And we think that all is well and good in this story. And then the story goes in another direction and it says, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And so there's Moses doing a normal everyday routine pattern thing, similar to us taking care of our houses, taking out the trash, doing the laundry, caring for our kids. This is the normal everyday routine of being a shepherd in the ancient world. And then something astonishing happens. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great side and see why the bush is not burned up. What I think is fascinating and undersaid about the story is that moments of astonish and amazement, that, that spark, it comes through the everyday. It comes through the normal patterns of our life. That we live in a world where sparks are everywhere. If we only have the eyes and the moment to pause to see them, literally everywhere you walk is a burning bush. A, a person who's alive that can live and breathe, an animal, nature doing its thing, life and death everywhere. Everything is astonishing. In the everyday patterns of our life, there is astonishment to be found, to be celebrated, to be talked about. And so God comes out of this fire and this is a really incredibly beautiful imagery. Go back one slide, please, thank you. And this fire imagery is really quite wonderful because in the midst of Moses' life, in the midst of wherever he was, from this background in history in Egypt to this place in Midian, he sees that this fire of God, this divine life. And in the ancient world, Aristotle taught ancient people that fire was an elemental symbol of the world. Fire is important for cooking, for heat, for light, for keeping predators away. Fire is the sign of life. So God comes in this spark of wonder and amazement as a fire. And so Moses is taken aback by this is the sign of life. And we know through other passages in the Bible, Exodus 13, 21, that when, when the Lord is leading them out of, the, of Egypt, he came to them with a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night to lead them. And we know that in Jeremiah, this beautiful passage that Jeremiah, when he was called upon to speak the words of God, he said that the fire was like a was a, that inside of him there was a burning fire shut up in his bones, that he had to speak these words, that this spark is about life, that God and this fire, this is an image of life, an image of life at its best, that God has so given us a world where there are divine sparks everywhere, burning bushes all around us, if only we can see them. Then the passage takes us in this direction. And it says, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called out to him and said, called out 
from the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. What I love about this is uh, this painting by this Italian Baroque painter. And if you, if you could see it, you can't see it as well with our, but you could see his face. And sometimes when we read this passage, we think fear, we think shame, we think burning bush, oh my gosh. But look at the way this painter in the Middle Ages portrayed him. I love the man's face. This is a face not of fear, not of this sort of sense of guilt, but this sense of wonder, this sense of like wild astonishment of what could this burning bush mean? What could this story mean of this God coming to my life? Then the story goes on. And it says this, then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of a land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then it says, so come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So what's absolutely astonishing about this passage is we have this fire. We have this man going about his everyday routine who's encountered this spark of wonder and amazement. And then we have this God who says, I heard the sufferings of my people a God who listens to the aches and to the longings and to the deep pains and invites Moses into this great, incredible adventure of helping release these people, free them from the liberation, from the bondage that they encountered. So we have a God who listens and a God who is this fire. And in the midst of this Moses who is just allows himself to be astonished. And throughout the rest of Moses' life, there will be astonishing moment after astonishing moment. Yes, there will be fear and there will be hardships and there will be puzzling moments, but there will always be the spark of wonder and amazement because around all of us at all times is sparks. Sparks of wonder, sparks of amazement in the natural world, in our own lives, in the spinning universe that we live in. Sparks of wonder. And so I, I ask myself, why? Why does God give us astonishment? Why does God send these sparks of wonder and amazement into our life? And the three things I could think of is that God sends us these sparks to remind us of the gift of life. It to sort of like lull us out, to, to force us out of our indifference. Instead of being on the backseat, instead of just letting life go by, we're, we're allowed to be wide awake open, alert to these sparks all around us. And so this week, I was thinking about this astonishment, these sparks everywhere, and they come in the simplest of ways. As I walked my daughter to school this week uh, in the trails by our house, because of the way the weather has been, there's these ice mounds right on the edge of all the trail. And my daughter refuses to be like anyone else, and she has to kick every single ice mound we come by. And so sometimes astonishment is annoying, right? When it comes to kids, but she kicks every single one. And it's like, there's no stopping her. We've got to leave early to get to school because the more I tell her not to stop, it's just, and everyone is like this unique, fascinating thing to her, kicking it and kicking it. And then this week she did another thing on top of kicking the ice mounds. She had to have a superwoman cape to school. And so she cried until she got to put on her superwoman cape. 
Another just a moment of astonishing, these sparks that are everywhere in our life. My son is um, doing a 30-day blog. Um, he's in fourth grade, so every day he writes like four sentences on a blog. And uh, like a couple weeks ago, he's like, Dad, no one reads my blog. And I'm like, send them to me, you know? And so he sends me his blog every day. And the last one was... Uh, Today at school, I jumped off the huge plastic platform. I soared like 10 feet and, it was, and I jumped in this huge puddle of water. And so I asked him, I was like, so, you know, how was the puddle of water? And, uh, and he said to me this, he said, dad, dad, my shorts got all wet, but it was so awesome. And so like as a dad, in my mind, I'm like, your shorts were wet all day through school. <laughs> like, you know, like your recess is like 10 a.m. But to a kid, it was that wild-eyed astonishment. And I had to sit back and think that jumping off that platform and splashing into that water, that was astonishing. Putting on a superwoman cape, kicking the ice mounds. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, with my family, whenever we receive bubble tape, uh, bubble packaging wrap, like is astonishing at my house to our kids. Like anything that comes in the mail, we're going to bash and stomp on that bubble tape until it is all through it's the little sparks of amazement and wonder all over our lives. This week, uh, my good friend, Corey Brockman, went to Steamboat Springs and uh, on Steamboat Lake, she took these incredible pictures of what was going on with, uh, you could see the snow, the ice formations right on this piece of wood. She took these with her iPhone. And let me show you another astonishing one. This was right on the lake, the crystals that are forming off of these leaves, shoots of grass. We live in an astonishing world where sparks of wonder and amazement are everywhere to be found. This summer, I kid you not, I went on a drive, I was headed to Fort Collins and I saw in this field uh, a tree and this tree was half rotten and decayed and dead and the other half was flourishing green. This enormous tree, sparks of wonder. And then uh, just about a month ago, I had to take a friend to the airport and, um, you know, it's real flat out by the airport. And I looked out there and there was a porta potty in the middle of an abandoned field. Our world is full of sparks of wonder and amazement. Are you with me? Incredible, just incredible. Um, and so these sparks of wonder, they, they delight us to see my daughter, to hear my son, to see these pictures on Steamboat Lake. They, they lull us to remember that life is all a gift, that all of us are given these days, these moments. And they also delight us, right? They bring such joy to us, these little things that are just fantastic that we get. And I think another thing that these moments, these sparks do is they call us to action. So Moses encounters this burning bush and he is asked to go back to the very place that he could not figure out what was going on. He's asked to go back to his Egyptian past, to his Israelite lineage and to save his own people. And so it calls us, when we see something, we see something so beautiful. When we're invited to do something with our life, it calls us. And it's beauty and astonishment and these sparks that God sends that invites us to this. And, and on Monday, we will celebrate with one another Martin Luther King Jr. Day, another example of a man who looked at the world and saw sparks of amazement and wonder and then was called into action. And in 1955, after Rosa Parks had stood up and said no to bus segregation, uh, before anything of the civil rights movement had gotten its legs, when Martin Luther King Jr. was just a young pastor, he said these words uh, in, in response to Rosa Parks. 
There comes a time when people get tired of being trampled over by the iron feet of oppression. There comes a time, my friends, when people get tired of being plunged across the abyss of humiliation, where they experience the bleakness of nagging despair. There comes a time when people get tired of being pushed out of the glittering sunlight of life's July, left standing amid the piercing chill of an alpine November. There comes a time. And then for the next year, the most astonishing thing happens. Every African-American citizen and many of the sympathetic white citizens decide not to ride the buses. So they walk or they drive their cars or they carpool with one another for an entire year. They decide we will not ride the buses to go to work, to go anywhere. And the Supreme Court justice changes the rules and buses are segregated across the South. Sparks of wonder and amazement. And Moses frees the slaves, literally walks them out of Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey. And even though there was tons of adversity and trial in the midst of it, sparks of wonder and amazement happened. Because when you are astonished, God is able to move you to action. And then the last thing that I think it does is astonishment inspires our worship. It inspires us to realize that we are these incredible small humans in this entirely big, beautiful universe that God is over. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those days, like, like I had one of these days where like in this last spring where like I planted a tree and I got to be with my kids and I had the day off and it was like my soul was connected to everything and it, like my heart was bigger. I, I could like extend my heart into the universe, right? Sounds, sounds kind of silly right now, but um, this worship, when you see something so astonishing, a child realizing things for the first time, beautiful photographs of nature, the universe spinning, you can't help but worship, but find the creator, this God of the universe who is calling hearts and calling people to love, to compassion, to good deeds. So um, lastly, I wanna share with you a poem I wrote. I, I'm also fascinated, astonished by the coyotes in our area. I'm quite frightened by them as well. But, um, and so I had this experience of, with a coyote when I was on a run and I, I wanna conclude today by reading you a poem about it. But I had to say that uh, last night I had like coyote dreams all night and I'm like, oh no. And like terrible coyote dreams of them like clipping at my heels. And I'm like, no. So I read this poem with fear and trepidation and astonishment all in one. Here we go. When you startled me on the running trail, proud coyote, it was astonishing. A fusion of mystery and wonder. Should I take my shoes off or race away? Rather in the dirt we danced for a moment. Your eyes bright stars, distant and defiant, scanning prospects, you are fearless. That's why they fear you. Your coat is like Joseph's, tan, brown, gray, bold. Nimble are your steps. Your body, relaxed but alert. Exquisite creature, wily and warring. Your survival is struggle like Israel's, master of environments, intelligent, adaptive, flexible, student of change, outspoken nonconformist. And I've heard your battle cries resisting, your hoo-hoo-hoos insisting, your diaspora life persisting, your existence 
haunting, stubborn and unbending, taking your blessings. How I wished my heart blazed like yours. And then you politely nodded and trotted away. And in that moment, I remembered the dusty trails, the cries and calling of my God from Bethlehem to Calvary, justice insisting, death resisting, life persisting, prophetic and pragmatic, chutzpah and holy fire, grace and mystery transfusing. Jesus, will you transform me and dance with me until the fire returns? Dance with me until the fire returns. So can you tell me this morning, where have you seen the astonishing sparks of wonder and amazement? And as we begin this new year, as we trudge through our new year, will you look for sparks of wonder and amazement everywhere? Amen.